Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Great to be part of this family, just to see what God does. We had the privilege to receive Olivia last week. This week we have the privilege to send Matilda. She's getting on the plane tomorrow morning. Uh, to Cape Town, and we're looking forward to the journey that God has ahead of her. It is my privilege. I, I just saw Lereko preaching last week, and he was sitting, and he looked so comfortable. And I thought, I'm going to try his style. <laughs> but there was a moment, I don't know if you remember, Lereko was up and going, and it's like, wow, the power of the Lord is upon this man. <laughs> Lereko, what a great word. No, no, we were... We were impacted by that scripture. It was abiding, abiding together. And it was just like such a powerful word of just us abiding together. That we stay in relationship. Uh, a relationship with Jesus. And that we stay in a relationship with one another. And uh, Jesus wants us to have a relationship with a lost and a broken world. Um, today, I'm going to speak to you about... Uh, I'm going to continue with our sermon series on Abide, and the topic is the word bears fruit. Uh, when I read the scripture, it really, there's a couple of things that really struck me in this word, and I just want to unpack the scripture with you. I want the word to trust the word, and I just want to go through that scripture and trust that the word will speak to you today. And... Uh, so we're going to read from John 15, verse 1 to 17, and then we will look at that statement at the beginning of verse 1 that Jesus makes, and uh, we, will, we will ponder a little bit on that statement that Jesus makes. So I'm just going to take us through there. Uh, I am the true vine, and my Father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear much, that it bear more fruit. Already you have been cleaned because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I choose you to appoint you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask, my Father, in your name. That's the second time Jesus says that. He may give it to you. These things I commanded to you, so that you will Love one another. This is probably one of the most profound scriptures for me in the Bible. I, it's just like Jesus is getting really personal here. <laughs> and uh, these seven, seven statements right through the gospel of John that Jesus is making by starting and says, I am. This is the seventh one that he's doing and he says, I am the true vine. He says earlier on, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the resurrection to life. He says, I am the door. He says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. And I th when I th read this, John started off by this statement that we all know that he says, he says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This moment that Jesus had here was with his disciples. And he's talking to them, and he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the wine dresser. That statement, I am, appeared the first time in Exodus 3. When Moses comes to the burning bush and God gives him a command and says, Go and deliver my people from Israel, uh, from Egypt, sorry. <laughs> Go and deliver my people from Egypt. And he says, Who shall I say it? Send me. And he says, I am who I am. When Jesus made this statement, all the Jews knew exactly what he was on about. Because everything that they believed, everything that they knew was hanging on Moses, the prophets. And what they have believed is actually, when he says, I am, they knew that he refers to himself that I am God. There was no question in their minds. And Jesus makes a strong statement to them and says, I am God. I am the true vine. I love that statement. And I think there's two more kind of places in John, not as much as a statement, but what Jesus said. The one was, he had a bit of a conflict with the Pharisees. And he says, Abram was, I am. 
And Jesus says, <laughs> Abram was and he went, but I am still, I'm existing, I'm everlasting. Yeah. And then in the garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was betrayed, the men came and says, we're looking for this Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. And the Bible said they fall to their faces. Because at that moment they realize what he was saying to them. And when Jesus made that powerful statement, I am, he says, I am God. And we talk about fruitfulness. When John wrote his gospel, he wrote it about 70 years after Christ. And he wrote this gospel to a very strong Jewish community. And what has happened is that there was influence from outside of the church that now started to get building a new culture or that want to influence the culture of the church. And John seriously used examples from Jesus' ministry and his life. And he speaks into this. And this is one of those moments when he, he focuses on it and he says, and he talks about fruitfulness here and he says, those who does not bear fruit is going to be trimmed off. But those who bear fruit will be true pruned and bear much more fruit. And so will glorify the Father and prove to be my disciples. So these teachers who want to come in and brought in some, some influence and other kind of ideas to the church was great in talking, but they had no fruit. And John says they didn't have fruit because they denied Christ as the Lord. And what he says is, we want to be fruitful. It starts there. It starts with acknowledging Christ. Acknowledging Him as Having all of the authority. Now, Matthew 28, 19, we all know so well. But verse 18 starts like this. All authority on heaven and earth is given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples. The authority rests in the fact that Jesus is Lord. That we acknowledge Him. Fruitfulness lies in it that Jesus is the Lord of our lives. We cannot be fruitful if Jesus is not the center of our lives. Jesus goes on and he says, He says, I am the true vine. Now, when I read this statement by Jesus, I picked up about six audiences there. Firstly, it is the true vine that we know is Jesus. There is the wine dresser that is God, the Father. There is the other vines, because he says, I'm the true vine that implicates that there is other vines. And then there's the disciples that he's talking to. Who is the branches? But he says, if you stay in me, abide in me, you are the branches. And then there's the others, because he says, I appoint you to bear fruit that will abide in me. 
So how, uh, when I read this, there's, there's a whole dynamic that is happening here that I want to take you through quickly. And, and I'm going to use maybe Mark 1 verse 17 and Matthew 20, 18 to highlight some of this dynamics that's happening here. The true vine, right through the Old Testament, Israel was referred to as, the, as a vine. And Jesus appeared on the scene and he says to them, he says to his disciples, I am the true vine. He says, Israel, it is not about your ethnicity. It is not about your, your ability. It is not that you've been chosen. It's, not, it's nothing about that. It's about me. It's not about you. And these guys who, who wanted to influence the culture in the local churches has come and they wanted to lay burdens on the Christians by saying getting circumcised, hold, uh, you, you need to observe certain s- sacrifices and certain elements, and they lay these burdens upon Christians. And we see Paul also addressed this quite a lot with, right through the Gospels, or through the Epistles. And he says, no, it's not about your ethnicity. I... It doesn't matter how Afrikaans I am. It doesn't matter how white I am. It's got nothing to do with it. It's not about my ethnicity. It's not about my tradition and religions. Jesus is the true vine. He is the one. And he says that we need to abide in Him. It is having a relationship with Him. The only way we can abide is to abide in a relationship. My beautiful wife, I, <laughs> so when I was busy with discovery groups, I could not stop talking about her. Because when I met this woman 20, 29 years ago, something just happened. And that relationship grew from strength to strength. And to abide in that relationship means that I'm engaged with that relationship all the time. That I give her my time and my effort. To abide in it means that I, when I, even when I'm not with her, that I am focused, I am engaged with her. When I'm on a mission, I will text her, I will phone her, I will find out how my wife is doing. To abide in Christ is that He consumes our mind. To abide in Him is that we are consumed by His love. And He says, I'm the true vine. And we can do nothing without Him. We are the branches that stems from this vine. That implicates that there was other vines as well. And Jesus says that those vines is not true. In their nature. Now that makes me think a little bit as a young man when I grew up. As a teenager and I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was six years old. I actually, there was a moment in my bed at night when I was sleeping and I was getting to bed about to sleep and I just had this deep, deep conviction in me. Jesus, if you come tonight, I don't know if, you're gonna go, if I'm going to go with you. Six years old. And that night I said, Jesus, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to make this commitment. But then as a teenager, 
I got distracted on many things because I started to develop my own ideas. I started to develop and think, man, when I grow up and when I'm getting out of the house, I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to do this. And, and I got distracted with my plans and ideas. And my devotion with Jesus started to simmer a little bit. And deep down in my heart, I started to realize I'm drifting. I'm drifting from this relationship. Because it, it would be like I'm with my wife, but I'm thinking about someone else. And this just started to have an effect on my life. But then I got alongside men who discipled me. They just stirred up again love for the Bible and for my devotion with God. And a fire erupts in my soul. At that stage also, I, if you would have asked me, if Jesus, if, tell me, you're going to go to heaven, I would have probably said, I don't know. <laughs> Because it just didn't feel right. There was no fruit in my life. When I started to drift from God, the fruitfulness became less. And I started to realize, oh my goodness. This is not a glorifying relationship. But I can tell you this. When the, end when the, end when the final exams came. I knew where to go to <laughs> because I was not one of the brightest kids in school. <laughs> I didn't love studying. I really didn't. But man, when I wrote those final exams, I was running to him. And that brings me to the wine dresser. It says that the Father will prune us and he will cut off those who bear no fruit. You know what? I realized at that stage of my life, I was in this relationship for my own benefit. I realized that I was in this relationship because God can help me with things. I had once a man who approached me, very needy. And every time he sees me, he had... And we became quite good friends. Not good friends, became friends. But every time he sees me, he asks me for something. Every time he approached me, there was something that he needed from me. And one day I just looked at him and I says, You never ask me, how am I doing? You never ask me, how's my family? I says, All I feel is like I need to provide the whole time for you. This relationship became shallow. And sometimes we approach our relationship with God as that. It's like, oh, give me, give me, give me. Funny enough, as Jesus mentioned twice, if we abide in Him, whatever we ask, He will give to us. The same with this influence that wanted to get into the early church was people with their own agendas. They wanted to, to gather for them followers. They wanted to make a name for themselves. And their influence was kind of self-driven and self-motivated. It was not about the kingdom. It was not about fruitfulness. And therefore, the Father will cut those who doesn't bear fruit. 
remember my kids as they grew up. All of them go through this. I think my dad can also attest to that. Sometimes you have a relationship as you grew up. I remember my dad called me one day out and he says, he says, boy, where is this relationship going that you are in? He says, that relationship just demands from you the whole time. It's a very selfish relationship. It doesn't bring anything. It doesn't benefit the relationship. Our fruitfulness shows that we glorify the Father. That we are disciples, followers of Christ. And therefore Jesus makes twice the statement when he says, if you abide in me, are you in for this relationship because of me? To be with me? You know, when I met Natasha, I can truly say my wife never. I can't think that her intention was to benefit from this relationship because she wouldn't have benefited anything. I didn't even work at that stage. <laughs> I was studying. <laughs> but she stepped into that relationship to be with me. She would not have benefited anything. I think she still doesn't benefit. <laughs> But she wanted to be with me. And this relationship, to be fruitful, we need to be in this relationship because we want to be with Him. Because we want to be with God. We want to obey. We want to abide in Him. We saw the disciples, Jesus says, that you will be pruned. You will be pruned to bear much more fruit. 2021, my 17-year-old son was diagnosed with Stargard. I'm not saying that. I'm not putting this on God. It's the brokenness of this world and things, but he allowed that to happen. But that's a pruning stage for me, Natasha. Because God sees fruit in our lives, but He wants us to make us more fruitful. And as this thing, this heavy burden upon us, as we engage with it and as we work with this, God is changing us. I shared the other night with uh, one of our leaders' meetings. Um, I'm not going to reveal where this place is, just for John knows where it is. It's our missions office. <laughs> I went to this coffee shop and I was meeting with one of our 12, 15 leaders and the, the waiter, he says to me, I've been always friendly with him and I started to know his name and I'm engaging with him the whole time and ask him about himself. So this one day, he kind of was, his order list was quite a bit of a list. So he says to me, go sit, I'll bring you your coffee. And I went and sat down and we're engaging with our meeting. And the next moment, he brought my coffee, and as I looked at him, I saw something different in him. I saw something different in this man. And I said to him, what is wrong? And he started opening up to me. But to get to that place, there needed to be fruit in my life that he would have tasted and says, man, have I, there's something different about this man. There's something different when I spend time with this man. I taste something on him. 
And he just started opening up to me, and I started to pray for him. <laughs> I'm getting now regular free coffees <laughs> and vegan muffins. <laughs> because God has break, brought breakthrough to his life. But you know what? And this is where I want to use Matthew 28, 19 as an example to what I want to say to you. Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I commanded you. Now, baptism is a religious moment for us where we show to the world that we die with Christ and we rose with Him. But baptism is far more than that. Baptism is a, is a posture of to be emerged into the things of God. I, I love to explain it like this. I bake rusk. I asked him for, I baked him some rusk the other day. I said, Lewis and bro, did you enjoy that rusk? He says, I savor it. <laughs> but if you take rusk, it's dry bread. It's not really tasty on its own. But when you dunk it into tea, it absorbs the flavor of the tea. And to abide in Christ is almost this moment where we're getting immersed like that rusk into the tea and we soak up what God is and who He is. So that when my friend at the coffee shop came and he had a tough time and he rubbed shoulders with me, he says, Tim, you taste like Jesus. I need that. And this is how we became fruitful when we abide in Christ. When we stay abiding and walking with Him. And that brings us to the others. When we abide in Him, people will taste Jesus on us. When we abide in Him, people cannot but to say, Tiam, I can taste the Holy Spirit upon you. <laughs> and that is, you know, we, we don't, Force fruitfulness. I have never seen an apple tree doing its best to bear fruit. It bears fruit because it's its nature. I've planted some lemon trees there about this high now. I can't wait for them to bear fruit. Just back to my wife quickly. When I met her, the fact that we abide and want to be with one another brought forth fruit out of our marriage. Four beautiful children. <laughs> it's something that happened. But if I did not recognize my wife, if I was in this relationship and I was disengaged and I was not in it. I don't think there would have been four children. I don't know if there would have been a marriage anymore. And we had cut moments. We had pruning in our marriage that made the relationship stronger. And that produced fruit. Beautiful children. Similar with our relationship. When we look at this, and you can say to me, Tian, what is this meaning for me now? Well, if, if Jesus is not the center of our lives, if we don't stay and abide in this vine, 
We don't allow the pruning to happen. We cannot be fruitful. But this is the thing. A fruitless life cannot glorify the Father. A fruitless life means that we're not disciples. If I have to go through what I had gone through in my life to be pruned, to become fruitful, and to be a disciple of Jesus, I'll do it all over again. Because this relationship was just phenomenal. It feels like I'm benefiting the whole time. When Jesus says, if we abide in this relationship, whatever we ask will be given unto us. I want to close with this. My wife and myself during the fast, we took Matthew this beginning of this year again to the specialist, eye specialist. And his eyesight has decreased again, so he needs new glasses. That's a lot of finances. And he needs this special device that can help him. And Natasha and myself, we're looking at one another, and we're like, I don't know if we can even pray about this. Can we really ask God so much money? <laughs> but we abide. As we go through that fast, we were, Lord, we're in this. We seek you. We want you more than anything. You know, God, before we even express it as a prayer, has provided that device for Matthew. When we abide, God provides as well. Because Jesus says, he says, if we abide, in this relationship, whatever we ask, we will receive. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If, if your life is at a place where it doesn't feel like it bears much fruit, I want to encourage you. Mark 1 verse 17 says this. Come, follow me, Jesus says, and I'll make you fishers of men. That is a simple equation of things that we have to do, and Jesus promised He will do the rest. He says, if you come and you follow, I'll make you fishers of men. It's like that, that, that rust that's getting dunked, and it tastes so much more, so much better. Because in this coming and this following continuously, Jesus makes us that if we sit with a barista or whatever, they taste Jesus on us. And men fall into our nets. And we become fruitful. I want to encourage you. There is nothing more rewarding to see men and women coming to Christ. That's like tasting and see that the Lord is good. I want to pray for us that we will just, as we abide in God's word, as we abide in this relationship, that we will just become far more fruitful. But I also want to pray for you if you're going through a pruning stage in your life, knowing that God wants to make you even more fruitful. Can we stand as we close?
we bow our heads as I pray for us? Father, all we want to do is bear fruit. We want to be like, we don't want to be like that tree where the gardener comes to and doesn't find fruit on it and he goes to the master and says, give me, give me one more year. Give me one more year with this tree. And he works the ground and he, he fertilizes the ground and the master comes again to the tree and he finds no tree, no fruit on it. And he says, no tree will be chopped off. Oh Jesus, we want to abide in this relationship. We don't want to be cut off from you. Make us fruitful, Jesus. As we abide in you. As we walk with you, Jesus, make us fishers of men. So that our fruit will abide in you. Father, I pray. I want to pray for us as, as we're going through stages in our lives where there's a pruning, Lord, and it's not easy and it's not nice. That you will prune us to become more fruitful. That we will submit to that process in Jesus. We want to be fruitful. Because one thing we desire, and that is to glorify the Father and to prove that we are your disciples. Jesus, have your way. We submit our lives to you and say, you are the center of our lives. You are the I am. You are the vine, the true vine. And the Father is the wine dresser. Prune us, Lord, that we can bear much more fruit. We pray this in Jesus' name.